Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Ketanji Brown-Jackson's nomination to the Supreme Court appears to be on a glide path. Number two, the latest on the COVID prep package and why it's facing challenges. And number three, some behind the scenes wrangling on chips. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The biggest thing facing Senate Democrats and the White House this week was to ensure that KBJ's nomination moved forward. Um, you know, now appears to basically be set. Uh, it's just kind of a in, in terms of a waiting time in terms of the just Senate procedure, but getting a, more Republicans to support it three in total than I think some of us, myself included, maybe would have expected. Um, I'm not sure what I expected. I, I you know. I think three is, yeah, I think three is about right. Um, uh, let's run through the three. Mitt Romney, a Republican of Utah, who is, um, again, that that shouldn't be surprising. Let me put it this way. I mean, it's, it's, it's surprising in so much that both both he and Lisa Murkowski voted against her in her in her previous appointment. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, it's Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, and Mitt Romney, so Yes, you. I agree with you that they're all together. You, we could find reasons that it is surprising, besides Collins, who I think everyone kind of assumed. But the fact that it came together as it did, and um, all three are voting yes, is um, relatively surprising. So, um, yeah, I, I this all that's left is the final vote here, and when it comes Thursday or Friday, we have no idea when that will be. Um, so what will happen now is that Chuck Schumer will uh, – yesterday they they um, got the nomination to the floor. They discharged it from the Judiciary Committee. And um, the next step for Schumer is for him to file cloture on Jackson's nomination to end debate or to limit debate. Once Schumer does that, it will set up a vote to break the filibuster, the Republican filibuster, and um, – that will probably come on Thursday. There's a, a day in between cloture and a cloture vote. And then it's there's up to 30 hours of debate post cloture. So this is the big question. So um, after that uh, Wednesday cloture vote, they could go at some point on Thursday if Republicans come up with a time agreement or Friday. Um, and the question will be, uh, there's a lot of questions here whether they whether republicans give back time whether Demo- whether democrats are pushing for a co- this covid relief bill to get through the chamber and if i to be honest with you if i were making the argument um if i were in, in the democratic leadership i would push for this covid bill this week i just would i mean there's momentum here congress has gone for 2 weeks I would stay the extra time and do it because you never know what happens over a recess if you come back and um, and you uh, and and the the dynamics have shifted. It, it it ain't good, and you might not get it through. So so that would be my my strategy if I were the leader, which I am not. But anyway, we're we're in we are in in store for a very very busy week. All right, well, you kind of skipped ahead to number two here, but let's uh, let's get to it, which is this COVID prep package and its future. Uh, you know, yesterday, Mitt Romney announced that he had a deal, but, 
you know, it's a little bit more tricky than that. You know, as much as, as you can pressure people to stay here to try to get it done, there is some real skepticism on both sides of the Capitol about what is included, what isn't included. Um, you know, I think we're going to know a lot more coming out of the Republican lunches about whether or not you're going to be able to find the enough Republicans who are going to support this pared down bill for $10 billion. And in the House side, there's a lot of noise that's starting that, you know, members on the Democratic side are not necessarily supportive of how things shook out. The fact that the global peace uh, is no longer a part of this. And, uh, you know, certainly Speaker Pelosi is not going to get a lot of help from Republicans here. That's right. Let's start with the Senate. I do, I agree there is a question about whether they could find 10 Republicans to vote for this, and you need 10 Republicans because you need 60 votes at some point or at multiple points for uh, this legislation. But I would say this. I, I do think there will be 10 Republicans for it. We've already seen people like John Cornyn uh, come out and take credit for part of the bill. I could name 10 Republicans. I, I won't do that now because I'm sure I'll name like four and then I'll forget who I think would who else would vote for the bill. I think the big a bigger problem will be on the on the House side. Um, and I, I might not be right here. Let's just say there will be equal problems on the on the House side. The global vaccine money that the the money the, this money that helps distribute global vaccines uh, vaccines to the globe to other countries is crucial and it's not in this bill and and what Democrats have been saying and everyone's been saying all along is you have to vaccinate the world and there's no question about that but the question is could Democrats take what they have take what they feel good about what you know not necessarily what they feel good about but what the republicans were able to come up with and get it across the finish line um there will be other chances to get covid money this year i mean there's already talk about a next tranche of of money for ukraine could they throw some covid money in there i think that's possible um but there is some nervousness, I would say, about whether about how this will come together on the House side. Uh, and Pelosi doesn't have a big margin. I was talking to some House Republican leadership sources last night who said there's just not much appetite for a, a $10 billion COVID bill uh, in the House of Representatives among House Republicans. So that could be problematic. But Pelosi has already, and this kind of leads us to the third item, which I'll let you introduce. But this kind of leads us to, if, if you don't, if you, a lot of people here will remember that this is a pared back COVID package. I mean, the administration wanted 30 something billion. They, they then settled on 15 billion, 15 billion got, got killed. And now they have to settle for $10 billion. So just a, you know, it's really just going down the funnel and getting smaller, but Pelosi is going to make the argument that this is the bill they have and they need to pass it immediately. And I, I think she'll be able to get it through. Let's move on to that number three story of the morning, looking at some behind the scenes wrangling um, by Speaker Pelosi as it comes to the chips, Yusika, whatever you want to call it, semiconductor bill and the conferees, um, you know, leadership. And, we, and we've talked about this a ton, Jake, uh, you know, just kind of in in the hallways and um, just over the years, there's not a lot of punishment that leaders can, uh, you know, kind of dole out these days to try to keep members in line. But Pelosi's frustration over those members uh, to what you were just talking about, who, who basically tanked and made sure that this COVID relief funding, this COVID preparedness funding was not a part of the larger omnibus package, which is why we're talking about it now. Um, she, her frustration has been very apparent for the last several weeks on this. And now she's going to kind of meter out some, 
some punishment. Yeah, Pelosi's been telling Democrats that if you voted against a procedural vote to bring that $15 billion uh, sorry, if you voted for a, if you voted against or you're threatening to vote against a procedural vote that would have allowed that big uh, spending bill with the 15 billion dollars in the um, in the on the floor a couple weeks ago, you're not going to be on this chips negotiating panel. Um, uh, the conference committee, that's a big deal. This is a huge bill with lots of priorities for lots of members of the House. Uh, I, I would make the argument that this is a pretty bad punishment for Democrats, and um, uh, Pelosi is is getting her revenge. And uh, some other details on this Chips Committee, Anna. Um, number one, the uh, uh, this is going to be a large conference committee to negotiate this package, a priority for the administration and for and for uh, House Democrats and Senate Democrats. Up to around ninety people. Our sources tell us ninety. There are four. There are lots of of um, uh, committees of jurisdiction here. Um, really, just tons. And um, fourteen House committees have some jurisdiction over the legislation. As we write this morning, the majority will come from Science, Energy, and Commerce, Ways and Means, and Foreign Affairs. Um, but. 90 is a lot of people. <laughs> think about, just think about how different that is than how almost every typical bill, which is so leadership driven now, yep, yep. you know, actually gets across the finish line. I mean, I think to get 90 people in a room, members of Congress, no less, to agree on something is going to be such a big feat, I think. Yeah. And I still think leadership will have a lot of sway over this, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, just like they did in the House and the Senate. But the interesting thing to me, and and I, I don't want to um, dwell too much on this, but the House is not unified on this. House Republicans and House and Democrats do not agree on this bill. Meanwhile, Senate Republicans and Senate Democrats do agree on this bill. So, so that is a, a marked difference between those two. Um, those two kind of uh, um, uh, groups, and that's different between most conferences where the House is unified, the Senate is unified, and they hash out their differences. So this will be a very interesting conference committee. Let you know if it, it, it would be. We were talking, Heather and I were talking to a source last night who was making the case that it would be nice to get this conference committee in place so the the staff can begin working over the recess to get a bill together. Not sure that's going to happen. The House has already voted for a conference. The Senate, I don't think, has time to vote for a conference, although they seem to want to. So maybe they'll find a way to get it done. All right. Something certainly to be watching in the days and weeks ahead. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.